Hello and welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm here tonight with Justin. How are you doing, Jazz? Good, Gav. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Um, all right. So August 1st, start of the uh, new season as far as I'm concerned. Last season is officially last season. So looking forward to uh, getting stuck in. Let's yep. start with the um, big and shocking news that came out yesterday. So David Raya, can it happen? I mean, it can. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I was probably as shocked as, as most Arsenal fans were when we saw the, uh, the Ornstein tweet yesterday. Um, but I've had, a, you know, about a day and a half to process it now. And I can, I can kind of see it. You know, I, I love Ramsdale, uh, you know, as, as, uh, as, uh, you know, he, he, he made this connection with the fans, right, right from his debut. Um, and I think that was, that's been a really special thing. He's been a, a just a great uh, link between the fans and the team, I think. And um, I'm trying to put sentimentality aside and look at this Raya thing objectively. And I think uh, what it comes down to is he's statistically a little stronger than Ramsdale and save percentage and passing mostly long passing to be fair but it feels like marginal gains to me um like very marginal gains i would say they are comparable goalkeepers you know about in the same bracket if you will so i I, i'm not a hundred percent sure how i feel about it but i know this is also kind of you know arteta's guy from the beginning it is. We chased Raya before we got Ramsdale. That's you know that's the first thing that I thought when um, when I saw this link is that Raya was was the first one that we actually went for. I do take a bit of umbrage with the stats thing, right? I don't think first off, I don't think that any of these stats tell you how good a goalkeeper is. I just don't think it's a position that you can pigeonhole like that. And like you said, one of the biggest the biggest difference between them is the long passing. Well, shit, one of them is hitting the ball to Ivan Tony. So, of course, they're going to have a better long passing completion. You're hitting the ball to a six-foot-three centre forward. But but the other one has Saliba and Gabriel in front of him as well versus whatever. Yeah, but he's not passing long to them, is he? No, but, I mean, for save percentage, surely they... Yeah, but they push, they push right up to the halfway line. We might not give away as many chances as Brentford, but I would guess the chances we give away are probably better chances than what Brentford do. Ramsdale's got one of the best one-on-one percentage saves in the league because that's what he faces. He faces a lot of one-on-ones. So, I mean, I'm not, I think Rye's a good goalkeeper. I do think Rye's a good goalkeeper. He may even be better than Ramsdale. I don't know. They're they're very close, like you said. Yeah, they are. Ramsdale's 24. He's going to get better. He's already bedded into this squad. He's a big part of the dressing room. He's a big part of the connection with the fans. This, to me, doesn't make a lot of sense. I I don't see either of it. We've been here before, right? We've we've been here with Czech and Leno. We've been here with with Leno and Ramsdale. This can only work for one season. That is for sure. I'm 100% convinced of that. If we get Raya, then this can only work for one season. One of them has to go next summer. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty much a certainty. Um, there's a reason why... <clears throat> excuse me. There's a reason why... Uh, most clubs don't carry two equal level goalkeepers. And it's because, you know, I mean, what what are we going to do? Are we going to split it? Like, I mean, what do you think? 
would would Ramsdale take Europe or would he just take the domestic cups? I uh, think that the shirt stays with the incumbent, like with Leno. Remember what happened when Ramsdale came in, right? Leno started those first three games, and Leno didn't actually do anything wrong in them first three games. We were just shit. Um, actually, that's not true. The second goal at, uh, at Brentford, although it was a foul, um, was some of the weakest goalkeeping I've ever seen from the throw on that came in the box. Yeah, um, yep. but but in general, you can't. You know, we got thumped by we got thumped by Man City. We got thumped by Chelsea. You you can't blame Leno for that. But it was enough for Arteta to say, "Okay, I'm making the change." That's what I think would happen here. I think Ramsdale would stay at number one. But as soon as things started to turn, I don't think it would even have to be his fault. As soon as things started to turn, I think it would go to Raya. And then I think Raya would have to basically shit the bed in order for it to go back to Ramsdale. That's how I would see it. Yeah, I mean, in, you know, that's usually how it works with these two really good goalkeeper situations. And you're probably right. And then after the full year, Ramsdale would be up for sale. Yeah, whichever one of them's whichever one of them's sitting on the bench at the end of the year, he's yep. off. Yep. Yeah, that's how I see it too. Uh I am curious though, uh do you think we would split Europe in the Premier League or no? I hope not. I, yeah. I don't know if he would or not. I absolutely hate it when teams do that. I think it's utterly ridiculous. There is no goalkeeper in the world that can't play sixty games in a season. None. No. It is utterly ludicrous when teams do that. You want to give the League Cup to the backup goalkeeper, that's fine. You even want to give the early FA Cup rounds. Personally, I wouldn't, but if you want to do it, that's fine. But this is why I think every every club should have a number one and a clearly defined backup. It doesn't make sense to me to carry two goalkeepers like this. You can say the competition, it keeps him on his toes. Ramsdale, Ramsdale's not making mistakes because he's not on his toes. It, like that, That's just not how this stuff works. I, I don't know. And the other thing here is, you know, Inaki Kana has a, a really big influence, right? And and it should be the way because goalkeeping coaches are a better judge of a goalkeeper than a manager is. Arteta didn't play in goal. It's a very, very tough thing to judge. I've already said to you, I, I don't believe the numbers on it because I don't think you can possibly judge it that way. But Kanye's got a pretty mixed bag when it comes to the results. He was the one responsible for us to get in Renaissance. Um, he was also the one responsible with Ramsdale, who played a, a big part in it. But one thing you've got to remember is that Kana, Raya's his boy, right? Like, he was with Raya at, at Brentford, and he was the one pushing for Raya to go to Brentford in the first place. And now he's pushing for him to come here. If you're Rams, If I'm Ramsdale and I'm looking at this, I'm looking at the goalkeeping coach, and I'm going, you're against me from day one. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Um I would say the goalkeeper coach has a closer relationship with his keepers than most other, you know, uh, coaches on the field, just because there's, you know, so few of them. Absolutely. They're, they're specialist goalkeeper. They're specialist goalkeeper coaches who do a lot of one-on-one work. The only other thing that comes close to it would be the physio or the fitness coach. But even then that's just with the injured players. So Kieran Tierney and Thomas Pye. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, that, that is, (laughs) <laughs> that is a really interesting point, though, because, I mean, it, it would basically be like the card stacked against Ramsdale already from the beginning. Um, That's how it looks from the outside. And I can't imagine it would look any different from that to to Ramsdale. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, uh, you know, the Ramsdale situation is so weird because I do think 
there's a few goals I can think of that he should have done better on. I mean, preseasons had a couple good examples, but you know, then you can also kind of blame the pitch as well for a lot of that, I think. But um, he saved us a lot of times too. You know, Liverpool comes to mind. Tottenham, uh, Tottenham. Tottenham. yeah, a, exactly. a game we dominated, and he was still man of the match. So th- this, to me, kind of feels like. Um, uh, it, it's opportunistic, right? It's market opportunity. And they're circling back to their number one choice because, well, let's be honest. It was it was a sure thing that, that Tottenham was going to get him, right? And then they opted for the cheaper option. And then it was almost a sure thing that United or Chelsea would get him because they both have kind of some goalkeeping issues. United ended up chasing Onana, and it looks like Chelsea's going to stick with uh, Kepa. And they're so, also buying um, Sanchez from Brighton. I don't know if you heard yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I did see that. Um, I don't know why but, they don't just sign me. It'd be the same. <laughs> but it's just, this feels a lot more like opportunity than, than planning. I don't know if you feel the same way, but. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. I think, I think dominoes have fallen, basically. Mm-hmm. I think one that we're going to come on to next, um, obviously, is that we've obviously had an inquiry for Matt, inquiry for Matt Turner. I don't think we were looking to move Matt Turner. I don't think Matt Turner was particularly looking to move. But these things happen and an offer's come in for Turner. It's from a Premier League club. He wants to play in the Premier League. I can understand that. It's going to open up a space. Now, it looks like with Raya being in the last year of his deal and all the goalkeeping dominoes seeming to have fallen already, perhaps we feel like we can get a cut price deal done here, which, you know, it, it on the face of it, it... it makes a lot of sense and if we can get Raya for the around the 20 million mark that's a lot of money for a backup goalkeeper but it does make a lot of sense to do it because you're going to be able to sell him for a hell of a lot more than that next summer if it's him you want to sell on or you're going to be able to sell Ramsdale for a hell of a lot more than that next summer so I I do understand it from that point of view I'm just not sure how comfortable I am with it in terms of a club having a number one and a 1A. Do you know what I mean? Like, like no one else has got that. Liverpool don't have someone challenging Allison, and Man City don't have someone challenging Edison. They have they clearly did, though, fine for a bit, didn't they? No, that Claudio Bravo. Well, I mean, I I believe that was kind of Pep's first choice. Yeah, until he realised how bad he was at football. <laughs> okay, yeah, that that's fair. But Claudio Bravo is legitimately, possibly the worst goalkeeper I've seen in the Premier League. Maybe. He's he's up there with he's up there with Meslier. And and with uh, the Southampton one, what was the Southampton one? Not not Forster, the one that was the one McCarthy. Was it McCarthy? Yeah, McCarthy, McCarthy, and McCarthy, Meslier, and and Claudio Bravo are the three worst goalkeepers I've seen in the Premier League. I I don't know how that guy's a professional. Well, we had Almunia as well. Yeah. Oh, well, he was also very very bad. Yeah, yeah, he was really bad. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, so I see how I see why we would make this move. I, I mean, but but what is what is Arteta saying to Raya? That's what I want to know. What do you think he's saying to him to convince him to make this move? Because he can't be saying to him, you're coming in here, you're going to play in the League Cup, and we're going to look to sell you on next summer for a massive profit. Like, that can't be the pitch. So what is the pitch? And, and he's not going to be lying to him. So something has to give. I mean, this is, this is boring. I'm going to give a boring answer. But what I really think is that... <clears throat> We're going to be watching you guys every day in training 
and whoever looks like the stronger goalkeeper is going to start getting the starts in the league. Um, and again, like you said, I feel like with, with Kanya and this being Arteta's first choice as well, uh, Raya's already got kind of, you know, a head start, if you will. Yeah, I mean, Ramsdale's kind of got a head start because he's got the shirt. And not only has he got a shirt, but he's got a contract. Like, this is yep. the this yep. is the bit that really baffles me. Yeah, is same. Three months ago, we doubled his money. Yeah. Put him on 120 grand a week for five years. Well, and, and that's why this has to be opportunistic, though, right? Like, it, there's no yeah, other reason. Absolutely. This wasn't I, planned. No, I don't think this is planned yeah. either. I think that's exactly. I think, I just think, like we said earlier, I think dominoes have fallen and yeah. it, it's happened to be in exactly the right direction for this to, this to happen. And the, the one, the only thing I can see at this point that's going to scupper it is if Brentford will not budge on their fee. And I've, you know, I've, they want 40 million for him, which, which sounds is absolutely outrageous. But they've also got, Ivan Tony coming into the last year of his contract next year. And I've heard right. that given as a reason as yeah. why they basically will not bend on this, because if they bend for him, they're going to be expected to bend for Ivan Tony. Yep. Um, which I kind of see, but at the end of the day, I mean, pride comes before a fall, right? They've already, uh, uh, Brentford already signed a goalkeeper. I think I heard today they've yeah. actually already signed a goalkeeper to replace him. So what like, are you going like to do? Yeah. yeah so, so what are you going to do? Just, leave him on the bench for a year and let him walk away for free because I it wouldn't surprise me I think there's two outcomes here one right. we one we get uh some sort of agreement on price maybe in the mid 20s 25 26 minutes somewhere around there the other one is we walk away and we sign him for free next I think he's coming one way or another whether it's now or next summer I think David Ryer is going to be an Arsenal player but hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we walk away and then we either try again in January for even cheaper or we sign him on a free next summer because this isn't a deal that we have to do now unless we're scared of someone else coming in. I imagine we will be scared of someone else coming in. Um, you still have a lot of uneasy, I mean, not even just in England, but you know, abroad on the continent, uh, you've got some uneasiness at goalkeeper uh Chelsea's taking a big gamble for instance in sticking with Kepa um you know Tottenham is is they they went out after a, a Syria goalkeeper yeah, an unknown an yep. unknown, an unknown. Guy, pretty much I think he'd only had yep. one one good season yep so I mean you never know and you know I would say Raya I mean I don't know what his relationship is like with Kanya I assume it's you know great but it must be it has to be he's already but... gone after him once he's actually he's gone after him twice he got him for Brentford he didn't get him for us and now they're going back in again it has to be yeah exactly um but I imagine if there's somebody that's offering him a guaranteed number one shirt he's you know uh he would think twice about us still uh as a free I mean you know well the other the the other team that would really seriously in for him were, were Bayern Munich and Bayern Munich, I know he's been out because apparently he doesn't ski very well, but Manuel Neuer is going to be the number one at Bayern Munich. So if he was going to go there, apparently Bayern wanted him on loan. Um, but if, if he was going to go there, he he wouldn't be the long-term number one there. So I, I guess it depends on his option. And, it, and And of course, the other thing is, if we are going to move Turner on, then we would have to bring in another goalkeeper anyway. And what is the, you know, what is the cost then of bringing in another goalkeeper for a year? And you know, you know, Arteta is going to want, you know, he's not going to accept Ben Foster as the, as the 
immediate backup. He's going yeah. to want a an actual proper goalkeeper in there. So, you know, there's that there's that cost too. So yeah. uh, the only other thing is obviously you tell Turner he can't go to Forest. I believe Raya's uh, homegrown, right? Wasn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. yeah okay. Perfect. Um, I think w- with the Bayern interest, I mean, Neuer's what thirty-seven. Is he so that th- old? Yeah, I think so. So I think what he thought is that if he signed for Bayern, he would only have to wait Neuer out maybe one more year before he'd be number one for a club like Bayern. Because um, their only other competition is Jan Sommer, who looks who, like he's going to be on the move. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah the, I, I I don't follow Bayern, but apparently he had a terrible season. Last yeah, time. he. Yeah, it, uh, but I mean, I've always respected him as a as a goalkeeper. I mean, I used I remember watching uh, Champions League games and stuff like that. He was pretty insane. He always pulled out crazy saves and and had good distribution back when it wasn't even you know big for. Yeah, he was kind that. of the first one, wasn't he? He was the first was, yeah. sweeper keepers. The uh, mm-hmm. the used the ball. We and, and I mean, obviously, it's evolved past even him now. But he was the first one to really do it. If you don't count George Campos, which I don't. Yeah. But um you know it, it's just a it's it's going to be a really interesting situation and I I like your uh I like where your head's at on like if Turner goes we're going to need an, another goalkeeper cuz Hein or Aconquo I don't think are Well Aconquo's going to be off, right? Aconquo's he he won't sign a new deal. His contract's up next summer. We've told him to go look for a new right. club. So Aconquo's yeah. going to be gone. Fine needs I mean we may need another goalkeeper anyway, even if we yeah. did sign Ryan, we still might need a third goalkeeper because Hein, I mean, he he's got a, I think he needs to go and play somewhere, right? So it may be a case of that we need to get a third goalkeeper anyway, but a third goalkeeper is pretty easy because you yeah. can get someone like a Ben Foster, a Joe Hart, just an old dude that will come yeah. and, you know, just in case of emergency break glass kind of thing. Um Well, we still have Rune Arson, so we we do still have Renas, and so he can obviously wash the kit for whoever comes in as a third goalkeeper if he stays. So, so but it's um, but do you know what I mean? Like there there will there probably will have to be a third one if Hines going to go going to go out on loan because it's not going to do Hine any good to stay here and never play. But mate, how old is Hine? Isn't he like twenty five at this? No, point? I thought he was too, but I think he's actually like really early twenties. Um, oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna check for yeah, sure. Let's look that up because I. I thought he was. He's twenty one. He's twenty one. Wow. Yeah, I thought I feel he was like he's been around than, forever. Yeah, I thought he was older than that too. Until I looked it up the other day, and I'm like, Jesus, he's only twenty one. It's a big dude. Okay. That's the other thing with with Raya. I really don't like small goalkeepers, and he's yeah. pretty small for a goalkeeper, and that yeah. kind of always freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, it's a it, it's a tough one, you know. And I wouldn't want to be making this decision, to be honest. Um, Again, I'm not I'm not averse to seeing it for a year. I mean, you know, we're gonna having two. You can't have too many good players, right? Well, yes, you can, but you you know you you can do with having good players everywhere and, and good backups. So I would have no problem with it. I just I just feel like it's it's definitely something that you could only manage for a maximum of one season. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I again, you know, as we mentioned, I hate to keep saying this, but. It just feels like such marginal gains for a a, a restricted budget. It, Not- it, it, but we also don't know that the budget's restricted either. We're kind of well, guessing on that because we just spent 105 million quid on a midfielder a week after spending 65 million quid on another one. Yeah, I, I guess um, I think our, our restriction in spending like right at this moment is due to squad size, not transfer budget. 
Yeah, but I would. Still, I mean, we were talking earlier on, and I, I think we've still got. I think even if I think we've still got another nine to go out. I, I think we've got nine more players that we need yeah. to get rid of. Yeah, let, let, let's. Uh, do you want to move on and talk about that, or? Yeah, well, we've got a couple of other ones to go through first. I think okay. let's 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 look at Turner to Forest because it's sure. you know the, the, it's this is part of the dominoes that that's caused all this to happen. So it seems yeah. like Forest have made an inquiry. They were, they wanted Dean Henderson from Man United. Man United are asking for thirty million plus for which Dean is, Henderson, which is which is nuts. Yeah. Um, what do you what do you think we could get for Turner? This is this is what I've been. We paid what seven for him, I believe. Seven? Yeah, yeah, it was like so, seven. So, so what could we what what do you think we can get for Turner? Man, you know this is uh, pretty tough. I mean, since we've signed him, he's won a couple international trophies. Uh, he's his, got his value. His value's gone up just by playing for us, right? Yeah, yeah, I just by not yeah. planning MLS, he's, he's, his value's gone up. Yep. Yeah, and he, like I said, he's won a couple international tournaments. He is the U.S.'s number one, um, which I think carries a little bit of value, not quite as much if he was like Italy's or or Spain's or England's, but still, I think it carries little value. But he's what? He's 28 now, I believe, which isn't, you know, ancient or anything for a goalkeeper. Not I mean, for a goalkeeper. He, I mean, he's still got right. eight, years, eight years as a top-flight goalkeeper. Right. He's, he's put it this way. This ain't going to be his last contract. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. no I don't think so either. Um, but all that being said, I think um, I think sometimes uh, just being American can hurt your value a little bit. I saw Yunus Musa go to Syria for 20 million euros, which I feel like is shocking. And I, I almost wish we would have been in there for that because I think he's a really good player for that price. But all that being said... Um, I would think 15 to 18 million pounds is what I'd be looking at for Turner. Yeah, I think you're I mean I I hope you're right. I I think it's probably going to be 10 to 12 would be would be uh, more I likely. Yeah. Um I would I would like it to be higher than that, but I don't know, we'll see. I mean it's a good move for him though, right? Like if he gets Forest? To start at Forest, I think yeah. it's a really good move for him. Yeah. But I mean they're coming off of a didn't they have uh Kyler Navas last year on the loan? Yeah, and before that, the guy they had before that, they loved, and he ran off to France on a free. I can't remember his name. He he was he was really good in the uh, in the championship, and I can't remember his name. But he, yeah. he went on a free. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember, but um, you know, uh, I think it's going to be really tough for him to be compared to to Navas because I consider Navas one of the best keepers in the world. Probably he's probably you know he's at least top ten even at his age. Um, but I think it'd be a great move for him. Yeah. I don't know anything about Nottingham as a as a a, a living area, but um, it is a fantastic night out. I can promise you that. Is it? Yes, it is. It is one of the uh, it is one of the best nights out. I would say. Me and me and Burn the Whammer had a uh, a nutty weekend there back in the uh, early two thousands. Yeah, it's a, it is a good night out. I don't mind. Actually, you know what? That's where uh, Moni Nimran moved to Nottingham. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, is there really like a big forest, or is that just like fairy tale? There's there's foresty areas. You're right on the you're right on the Peak District. So there's lots of there's lots of foresty areas around it. I mean, the city center's not. It's like any other city center, but on hmm. the way out there, it is. So, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, and obviously he gets to turn into prime Lev Yashin on opening day at the Emirates as well. How much are you looking forward to him saving sixty four shots and Forest winning one 0 
yeah, I, I personally, I, I think it's a, a great move for him as an American. Um, you know, I, I'd obviously like to see him go to a club where he's like starting, you know, game in, game out, especially for a, a Premier League level team. I think Forest is going to be one of those clubs that'll be in for a while too. Um, in the league for a while, I mean, sorry, without relegation. Yeah, uh, I, I hope so. I hope so because they're they're a good club, Forest. I like I like, I, like know, Forest, yeah. a, I grew up with Forest being decent, so I mm-hmm. I, I would yeah. you know I would I would quite like like Forest to start for a while. So yeah. another deal that's kind of related to that it's another American um, one that's gone through is Austin Trusty or, or going through. I don't know if it's official yet, but Austin Trusty to Sheffield United. Um, Five million, I believe we paid one and a half for him, so three and a half million profit. It's a it's a decent turn. I thought we might have got more than that for him, to be honest with you. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, we've you know, as we just said, we've we've got to sell players, right? So so this is a win, really. This one's a, a really weird one for me, Gav, and I, I don't know if you feel the same way. I was shocked when when Arsenal bought him. Yes, because uh, he wasn't. Uh... At, like absolutely standout in MLS or anything. And well, I, I just... He was when he was younger. So when he came through, when he was 18 or 19, he was really, really highly rated. Really I remember that. Rated. Yeah. But then but he kind of then he plateaued. Yeah, absolutely. He did. So when he signed him, it was weird. It was like, you know, I, obviously I knew the name, um, but yeah, it was really weird when we signed him for sure. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, this kind of reeks to me of of uh, Stan Kroenke's partnership club type thing. But, it also, uh, but you've got to say, it's also a win for the scouts because what they did is they saw the player he was, not how he was playing. Do you know what I mean? They saw... Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. So that's, that's, a pretty, that's pretty good for, for whoever made the decision to bring him in. Absolutely. And he was, what, Birmingham's player of the year? Birmingham, right? It was. Yep. Yeah, yep. I don't have it in front of me. But yeah, uh, you know, so apparently he was great you know, for Birmingham. And I, I saw uh, a lot of fan tweets and stuff like that saying how good he's been. And um, I guess, you know, it's always great to make profit, especially when you're talking, you know, 200, 250% profit. But I did think he would go to a, a little bit higher to another Prem club. They are a Premier League club. No, I, that's what I mean. Oh, you I thought the fee be, would be higher. I did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm guessing ridiculously probably... so. I'm guessing there's probably a decent sell-on fee, though, right? I hope. Like, like I, I would imagine there's probably a decent, I hope so. a decent sell-on clause in there. Yeah, um, and if there is, you know, that'll change my opinion of the deal. But I haven't seen anything reported yet. Just the yeah, well, the, the tough thing. part of this, and we've said this before, is Arsenal do not um, confirm or deny transfer fees or anything involved. So all your all you get is what comes out either from the other side or what gets leaked. And yeah. obviously, if Sheffield United are one. Are the ones giving the fee out, they're going to want to make it look as beneficial for them as possible. That's that's how PR works. Yep. So I, you know, I don't think you're really going to know about it until something leaks out from somewhere. Maybe if he moves on, and then it will come out. You know, Arsenal windfall because of clause, blah blah blah. Because eventually, eventually, Ornstein or Fabrizio will find the clause. <laughs> it just might take them a while. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, to be honest, uh, it it is a good profit. And I, I wish the player all the best. I didn't really think we'd ever see him in an Arsenal shirt. No disrespect. No, to trust no I, I don't think anyone expects yeah. that. Um, so, you know, I mean, overall, I think it's a win. Yeah. I, I do. I mean, I, I would have liked a little bit more, but I mean, it, it's a win. And on to two that just need to get a damn room. Um, Laconga and Burnley. It 
looks like it's going to be a lung. We're still dancing around the will they, won't they? Just get on with it, lads. This one, <laughs> I'm glad Paz isn't here. Um, I uh, uh, I like the player. I like Zombie. Um, and I think, I think he could still have a future here. Um, but he looked a shell of See, himself. I, I don't think he does have a future. I think he's, I think he's done. I, I, honestly, I think if he goes out on loan there, first off, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a clause in where if Burnley stay up, it has to be made permanent. That could even be what they're still arguing about. There, there's I, an I, appearance, uh, limit, is, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. I don't think he yeah. does have a future here. I think that, that this loan is either about him moving to Burman, uh, Burnley permanently next summer or us raising the value to get him out somewhere else. I, I, I don't think you're ever going to see him in an Arsenal shirt again. And, and like you, I don't think he's a bad player. Um, I'm not sure he's quality required for us. And I definitely think the bridges are burnt. And that that's all fair. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I just think his value's at an all-time low right now. And a loan with a manager that already really likes him could be hugely beneficial to the fee we receive. Um, I don't know if the obligation stuff is true. Uh, you know, if it is, you know, that that's great. Uh, at this point, we just have a big bloated squad. But I think we could get more out of him if he has a very supportive manager that already likes him in company. And on to one that we're definitely getting absolutely nothing out of. Um, Cedric is being linked to Villarreal. Um, how much are we going to have to pay him to go away? Um, a few million, probably. That's what I think, too. I'm yeah, thinking it's going to be... Do you remember on the Amazon documentary when Edu was talking about the... Uh, about the Aubameyang move, and he's saying oh. we're gonna, you know, they were trying to get it done without. I know, and even the end, he was like, "We're just gonna have to cancel the contract so that he can sign for Barcelona." I think that's exactly what's gonna happen here. Yeah, I do too. And and, and this one's also kind of weird for me because I I do think Cedric is uh, contributes nothing on the field, but he always seems just like such a happy, upbeat guy. You and just like his photo bombs. Well, I mean, he's in. He's always in with like every click too. You know what I mean? Like, he I doesn't... mean, for a hundred grand a week, I will photobomb anyone you like. <laughs> yeah, but they've got to like you, Gaff. That's the problem. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Well, maybe we'll send Paz then and split the money. No, but <laughs> but I think um, yeah, we're probably going to have to pay him off. I don't think it's going to be anything like hugely substantial or anything. Uh, I look at it kind of like Kolasinac. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a yeah. I think that's a fair comparison. Yeah. Um Inter Milan have moved on from Balogun. They're signing mm-hmm. Scamacha from West Ham. I did hear a hilarious one this afternoon, which apparently West Ham have inquired for Balogun. And because okay. of the way David Sullivan and his boys acted during the Rice deal, we told them that the asking price is fifty million straight up, no no add-ons, no clauses. And the only phone call we want to receive from them is them saying, yes, other than that, do not call us. I thought that was quite funny. That is hilarious. I'd have had 105 million. <laughs> I'd rather not even sell to them, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, after the whole rice thing, I mean, they were embarrassing. They embarrassed themselves. Um, yeah. Oh, and they've paid, they've paid for it. They have. This, yeah, they've paid for it. With, with this happening, though, I mean, I think there's a good chance that we just don't get the offer that we want for Balogun. I think there's a very good chance. If you look at it, I mean, the strikers, United have got their striker. Chelsea have got their striker now. I, I don't know who's who's left. You ain't getting the money out of Serie A. You ain't getting the money out of La Liga. So I don't know that anyone's left. So 
if he does end up staying, does it make what happened on tour look a little bit silly? The fact that he didn't get any minutes. I know there's been rumours of an injury when he was training on his own, but I don't know. I just don't know how much I buy that. Uh, yeah, I think this whole Balogun situation looks a little bad on the club. Um, not that they necessarily did anything wrong. They just, I think they handled it poorly. Um, I think if, if, if we were smart in marketing him well, he would have kind of been front and center on this tour. We already, uh, rotated the strikers quite a bit. There was even that, that, I mean, uh, we put Austin Trusty right out there. I mean, right. he was in the skills challenge for MLS. He played in a couple of games. We nope. put him up there. That game that uh, Enkedia started. Now I'm I'm starting to conflate them. I believe it was um, United. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that would have been a great opportunity for Balogun to show at a big game in the U.S. Um, and I'm not saying we have to do the player favors for his international career. That's not what I mean. But the club but, needs to do themselves favors when it comes right. to the asking price. Yep, exactly. And other clubs hear that he's training by himself. I mean, we're we're shooting ourselves in the foot with the fee. I mean, it shows we don't want him. I'd be surprised if at this point we got an offer bigger than twenty five million this year. And even yeah, and that's why I just wonder if he's going to end up staying. Um, I mean, we've got a lot to do other than that too. Like I said, we were talking earlier on, and you know, we've gone through Turner, Lukonga, Cedric, and Balogun. But we've also got Runison, Holding, Tavares, Tierney, Patino. These are all players that are probably going to be moved out. And we, we're not hearing anything on any of these players at the minute. I feel like Patino, he like doesn't even exist anymore. I've not heard his name since. Um... So I did hear, actually, that Luton were interested in him, which would make a lot oh. of sense. I believe he might be from the area. I think he actually played for Luton as a kid, like a really think... young young kid so that would make sense for them coming back up it'd be a club that i'd imagine we'd be able to get a deal done with a buyback clause or a sell-on clause so mm-hmm. that does make a lot of sense whether it happens or not but that was a, that was a while ago and i haven't heard anything since yeah i've not either i've i've barely heard his name since the uh ornstein article that said he you know he wanted to leave basically so um but yeah i mean gav we're at a point right now where um Sales are the most important because we have this big bloated squad of players that we're not going to play yeah. uh, in this upcoming season. And I think um, we're going to have to move four or five, I think, before we see another purchase. And it has nothing to do with bringing money in, but the squad is massive. Oh, it's it's huge. I mean, we trust he's gone and I still think there's nine to shift. Yep. So it's, yeah. you know, it is a, it is a massive, massive squad. That, yep. that just it's it's unsustainable. You cannot sustain a squad of this size. You just can't. Well, I mean, look at Chelsea. I mean, uh, their giant squad last year. And you read that athletic article where they were like changing in the hallways outside. Yeah, because they didn't have and... enough room. Yep. Yep. Um. So at this point, it's it's almost a registration issue for PL and CL. Um, and we're 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 gonna have to shed some of this weight. I just wonder. If other clubs are waiting to, see, if they are waiting to see how um, desperate they get before they throw an offer in, yeah, I think that's I think that's what it is. And we've you know you've also got to remember, as we said before, today's the first of first of August. We we kind of consider that the start of this season. Yeah, these teams are all coming back off of their tours. They should be back off of the U.S. tours and and their Middle Eastern tours and wherever they've been by now. So because of that. 
it's you know that we might see some movement now people are people are back people are ready to move on to the targets get who they need yeah that's what i hope too um i've said it before but i think um you know a lot of our players are on a lot of other clubs lists they're just third fourth fifth sixth and as the dominoes start falling i mean it'll be similar to our situation with uh with raya right we didn't think we were going to have that opportunity. Now we do, and we're we're going for them. That's that's going to be a lot of our situation. I guarantee you, someone's going to come in for for Rob Holding, being an an established low block Premier League center back. Um, you know, I mean, Tavares would be a really good fit for a club that plays three at the back with wing backs uh, that wants some offensive output from their their wing back, but isn't expecting a lot of defensive solidity. You know, we've got a lot of players like that, that I, I think we're going to get some, some serious offers for, but unfortunately it'll probably be the last week of the window. And the question is, are we going to try to move to other players in the buying market? If we don't sell these guys until too late, you know, that's kind of what I worry about. Yeah, I mean, time's going to tell on this one. We're, we're just going to have to wait. We're, we are starting to see some movement with, with Trusty gone today, and it looks like the Turner deal is... is I mean, I, I think that's going to depend on Raya. I, I think if we don't get Raya, I don't see Turner leaving, but I, I think that's one starting to look like it's going to move. So I do think we're going to start to see some movement. The Balogun one is the one that I kind of... I'm starting to think might not happen um, just because of the fee. I just don't know we're going to get the fee for him. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think we are at this point either. And I, I honestly I wouldn't sell Balogun for twenty five million pounds. No, no, I, I wouldn't either. I mean I know he's not gonna be happy about it. Too bad. Too yeah. bad. You you just you just need to stand, you need to you need to get on with it. That that just needs to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. So okay, mate. All right, well let's leave the first half there. Um and we'll come back in the second half and we'll uh we'll we'll talk a little bit, a tiny little bit about the Monaco game on Wednesday tomorrow night more more about the Arsene Wenger statue unveiling I guess um, and then we've got some big questions for the season ahead so we will see you after the break okay hey guys just a couple of quick halftime messages for you Firstly, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Secondly, we're on all the social media platforms as The NN Pod. We're really trying to build a strong Guna community. So next time you're on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, look us up, give us a like or a follow, send us a message, interact with other listeners, or, or just have a look around. Thanks for listening from myself, Paz and Jazz. We really appreciate it. Hello and welcome back into the Non-Negotiables podcast. This is part two. Just tomorrow night, it's the uh, last warm-up before the tune-up. I, I like to call a charity shield a tune-up rather than a warm-up. So it's the last warm-up tomorrow night. Um Monaco in the Emirates Cup, obviously the Wenger statue being unveiled this week. Arsene Wenger is actually the guest of honour at the game, which is great. Um, we planned it this way, right? Like Monaco are the opponents for this reason. Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, there's just too much, uh, you know, with the new statue and, and whatnot. Him, um, you know, kind of building his career first at Monaco and, 
and uh yeah it, it's just too much coincidence for it to not be you know planned um but yeah i'm we, really you know excited we could have done though we could have played monaco for the first half an hour then grand Passate for the second mm. half an hour and then a bunch of fifa suits for the last half an hour <laughs> yeah that would have been better for sure yeah can't someone, argue with someone missed someone missed the boat there someone in the yeah. marketing team missed the boat yeah i i agree uh that would have been great in in fact you know honestly uh i know this is unrelated to your point but uh, i think it'd be cool to play more uh i feel like nobody ever tours japan for i thought you were going to talk about fifa suits i thought you wanted to play like fifa headquarters 11 oh i i'd love to yeah i'd love to going in two-footed <laughs> we need jaka back <laughs> yeah yes we do we do for that hey, actually screw jaka we need peter story <laughs> so yeah so it's so the statue the unveiling the guest of honor um it should be a good one I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to it tomorrow yeah i am too um i think it's uh another good level of competition i think our our friendlies were were uh very well planned um in different styles of play uh you know united barca now monaco I think it's kind of preparing us for, you know, everything we're going to, we're going to see we obviously have those historical ties through Wenger, um, which I think is great. Um, I do have some problems with the tro the statue though. If we can talk about that. You got a problem with a statue? What's your problem with a statue? Is it just because right. the title's not gold? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much my biggest. I wanted the outstretched arms from the United game in the stands. <laughs> I wanted the beach pose, but we weren't ever going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> but why wouldn't they make the statue gold i saw there was a mock-up that was going around on reddit on our gunners and uh somebody just changed the color to gold the statue looked way better you know what though i think there's two reasons right so mm -hmm. the first one the gold statue we got was kind of a kick in the teeth because it was like a quarter of the size of the actual premier league trophy and it looked a bit stupid so I think that is a part of it. We don't want him there holding a silly little trophy. Um, and the second thing is with the statue, the statue is of Arsene Wenger, not of the trophy. So if you've got Arsene Wenger in bronze, like all the other statues and all of a sudden a big gold trophy, I think it takes away from what the trophy, what the statue is meant to be, which is a commemoration of Arsene Wenger. I get where you're coming from 100%, but that invincible season was was his doing. I feel like he's the only one that's ever done it. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't the only thing he did. That's my point. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't know. I just, I wait. I, it's a nice statue. It looks really nice. Yeah, I, I hope to see it in person, uh, hopefully next year. So I, I actually think we've done a good job with all the statues on the outside. They're all very someone someone said on uh someone said on I think it was on Facebook, they've made him look really thin. I'm like, have you ever seen Arsenal? <laughs> he is really thin. Yeah, I would have preferred the the long puffy jacket on him. You know, struggling just with that, a zipper. That's, that's how I that's how I remember him, you know. Yeah. But I know that's you know. No, I, I think they I think they did a good job with a statue. I think they've done a good job with all the statues. And I'm just like I said, I'm just glad it's 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 been too long. Um it was too long in the making. I understand why it was because obviously there was a lot of bad feeling there. Yeah. But it's been too long in the making. Yeah, I agree. Um I think uh he definitely deserves a statue, maybe even a stand name. Um 
you know, just massive, massive part of our history and will be for a long, long time. I mean, you know, Herbert Chapman was what the 1930s for the most part, right? Um, I mean, Wenger is going to be that for us for, you know, the, the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, and again, I mean, I, I think the only other club to go invincible was like Ipswich, right? Preston. But that was oh, Preston. Preston. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, yeah. Preston fans. Uh, but yeah, it, it you know, it's it, it's massive and nobody's been able to recreate it yet. And I mean, that that's just, it, that's going to be legendary for a long time. So uh, it's about time though. It's about time you got a statue. And I, I can't wait to see him tomorrow. Like, uh, even if I have to pay for this game tomorrow, I'm, I'm going to watch it just because I think it's going to be pretty special. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great night. And um, for the lineup, I, I think we're going to go, as full a lineup as we can get. If everybody's fit, I think the lineup tomorrow night will be the same lineup for Sunday, which will be the same lineup for Nottingham Forest on the opening day. You know, my only question mark, I think, with the lineup is well, obviously, you know, who replaces Zinchenko, but I think it'll be Timber. So, you know, just like what happened last time. But does Arteta play? party and rice together i don't think so rice? you don't think so no i don't i don't think so no i i think it's gonna i think Havertz is gonna play and i think it'll be one of rice or parte um it wouldn't surprise me with rice picking up the knock if it gives arteta an excuse to not start rice immediately um to leave him on the bench for the first couple of games it wouldn't shock me um but no i i, I don't i don't see rice and party plan i don't yeah, I mean, that that's fair enough. Yeah, I was just kind of curious. It was something I was thinking about. It's something that I'd be interested in seeing. Um, but I just don't think we're going to see it. I think Havertz is... Look, I think you've got to use these games to get people bedded in as best you can, right? And Havertz is adjusting to a new team and a new position. All these games are absolutely vital. And if I, this is Arteta's idea... He has to stick with it. And he, he you know, you know what Arteta's like. He's not going to go away from it. If this is his idea, we are going to see it for a long time. So I I just I I don't see party and rice playing because I think Havertz is going to play. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. Um I've always been pushing for Smith Rowe in that left eight. I still am. I think his season two seasons ago was better than anything Havertz has done in the Premier League. But um, I expect Havertz to play. Um, and I will say, you know, in, in Rice's defense, um, the lone six in our system is very difficult. It took Party a long time before he was good at it. And this is even harder because you don't have Shaka there. Now you've right. got Havertz instead of Shaka. So this is actually harder than what Party had to come to terms with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's harder. Um, sure, you've got some fullbacks tucking in, but, uh, you know, I mean, we're talking about Zinchenko, who's not necessarily, you know, brilliant defensively or anything. Um, he may not, I mean, do you know, have you heard anything about Zinchenko? Is he... I have heard nothing about Zinchenko at all. I have all. not either. Not a thing. He was at the Emirates doing um, the, uh, I think it was a gender reveal for his baby last week. Uh -huh. Did you see that? They did I didn't. At the, yeah, him and his wife did it on the pitch at the Emirates. Um, but I, I actually, I haven't heard a thing. I don't know what's wrong with him. He, he seems to have been training throughout the whole US trip. So I have no idea what's wrong with him. But if he, I, I'm 
I'm 100% convinced if he doesn't play, it's going to be Timber. Um, I, 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 and I don't think, I think Arteta really just wants to get Timber on the pitch. And I think this, he just happens to be the opening that he can, that he can work him into. Well, you know, who's not going to play, right? Kieran Tierney. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Kieran Tierney, I mean, maybe a late sub just to get, you know, numbers on the pitch, but, uh, Kieran Tierney has like zero chance to start. No, of course he's not going to start. I mean, he's fourth no. choice there, I would say right now. So I think I think Timber's going to play a lot of games this year, a lot. Of Me games. too. Yeah, and, and I think he might. You might see him at right back some. You might see him at left back some. But I think you. I think he's going to play a lot of games. And what I'm really interested in, and I, I mean, it can Zinchenko and Timber coexist in a team? I because I, I, I think they can. I really do. I think with the way we play, we generally defend with two at the back anyway. So I think that they can coexist in the same team. Um, but we're not going to see that for a, for a while. I wouldn't have thought because I, I, I just, like I said, I just, it, I don't know what's wrong with Zinchenko, but he doesn't seem, it, there doesn't seem to be any noise about him actually playing. Yeah. It's kind of an odd one. Yeah. I don't even know what his injury is to be honest. Um, it's just I assume been, it's whatever kept him out of the back end of last season. Was it calf injury? I think so. Yeah. But I mean, calf injuries usually, I mean, I it's mean, been months now. Five months. It was the it was what April when he got it. So four months. Yeah, kind of a, kind of a weird one. But yeah, I agree with you on Timber. Um, I think he is going to play a lot. I actually, well, no, knowing Arteta, that's probably not true. But um, yeah, I think he'll fill in a lot in both fullback spots. I don't really expect to see him at center back at all. No, I don't. I, yeah. I, I think um, I think Ben White would move in and he'd play right back before you'd see him at centre back. Yeah, I agree too. Yeah, um, but I think he's going to be killer in in both fullback spots, and it does give us a a comparable stand-in to Zinchenko at left back. I think. Um, I think my my thoughts on it are that if Zinchenko is fit, Zinchenko plays. Right, yeah. I think Zinchenko is the most nailed of all the fullbacks. If 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 everyone is fit, Zinchenko will play. It then becomes a question of what Arteta is going to do on the right hand side, and I've been, I've been wondering. I think Ben White again. Ben White's the man in possession of the shirt. Ben White will be the one that starts there. But I do wonder it as we go further along, if we might see Timber working into that role more and more. Oh, the right back role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right I think back. you're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he'll start at left back because he's he's you know he's, he's he looks the best fit for it. But I do think that's something that's going to that's going to happen as we go on. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of fan opinion online uh, that with signing... You should, you should Timber, probably stop reading that. I know, but I mean, you know, we're we're talking to fans, so I, I figured we'd, we'd address it. Um, yeah, not on Twitter, though. <laughs> in signing Timber, it gives Tierney a new lease on life here at the club. And I just don't think that's true. I think I it's the final now in the coffin. I don't think it's true at all. Um, like you said, Tierney is probably fourth choice at left back just because Timber plays and can invert at right back. I don't think it makes Tierney playing any more likely. And so I, know- I don't think that Arteta ever wants to see that left back play like a traditional left back. I've seen all this nonsense 
about, oh, well, you could do this and then you could do this as a traditional thing. It's not what he wants to do. He does no. not want a traditional left back there. That is, I mean, if he's playing it, it's because he's forced to. He does not want that. He'd rather see a center back in that left back position if he has timber. Yeah, he'd adjust. He'd, he'd absolutely adjust the team around it. There is there is no chance in the world that he wants a regular up and down left back. He doesn't want it. Nope. And you know, credit to Tierney. I like Tierney. I know you you don't really. I like Tierney, and I I I, I think he's done a great job trying to do what Mikel Arteta wants him to do. But it's it's not worked. It's not worked at all. I mean, he's. And it's, it's it's not his fault. He's just not capable of it. Like it's it's not yeah. what he it's not what he is. And it, it's not he he was a really really good left back when we were eighth, and that is what he is. He is a very very good left back for a mid table team. That, that that's just what he is. That's where his limitations lie. See, I mean, I don't know. I think he could be a really good left back for a higher team, not just mid table. Maybe you know fourth to eighth. Are you about to tell of- me he's linked with Newcastle again? I, I wish, I swear that's a fan manifestation and it's <laughs> never actually like, but I mean, I think, um, you know, I, th- I think like a club like United, not that I'd want to sell them to them or anything, but I think a club like United, Tierney could be a hell of a left back for them. Um, you know, they're not really playing inverted. They're more playing on the counter. I think he'd be really valuable there. So I, I don't think he's, it's it's necessarily a mid-table level player. I think they've got a left back that's better than him. And I don't think he's good enough for them. Who is that, Shaw? Yeah. And I don't think he's good enough. And I think he's better than Tierney, but I don't think he's good enough. So mm. I don't know. It's, it's we'll, we'll leave it there because we're not going to agree on, we're not going to agree on, on Tierney. Damn it, I Gav. Just, I know, but he just, he, look, he is what he is. My eyes tell me what they tell me. So here's what he is. Yeah. So let's let's move on from that. I think we 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 kind of covered what we wanted to cover with a with a Monaco game tomorrow night. We can get in the rest of it on the season. Oh yeah, we were talking about Wenger. So right. we were, I, yeah, and we ended yeah, up on a Kieran Tierney tangent. Yeah. Sorry, but, mate. Um, I think it's my fault. <laughs> so and we like I said, we're gonna get into the preview of this for the season next week. So we'll we'll get into more of that when Paz is here as well. But what I want to talk about Where, where is um, Paz tonight, by the way? So it's an interesting story with uh with Paz tonight. So he went to the Yucatan Peninsula to gather rocks because there's been evidence that the meteor strike that killed the dinosaurs, they've actually unearthed new evidence. So he's gone there to basically get soil samples to test. And what he's hoping to find out of it is actually a new version of uranium that can power electric cars in the future. So good luck, Paz, with that, because I think we can say we we all need that in our lives. We're all counting on him. Exactly. We're all counting on us. Yeah. So what we've been what we've been knocking around is there's a few players that are in a real a position where it's a really, really important season for them. Um so let's you can you can kick us off because I know you want to start with and I think it could be the biggest one of the lot. Um Juz, who have you got first for it's gonna be a big season for? So uh, you want to go back and forth or do yeah. you want to? Yeah. So, yeah. So just give me your first, give me your first one, the biggest one. Ooh. All right. I'd say my biggest one is uh, Gabriel Jesus. Oh, really? I didn't think you were going to go there. Well, I think. Um... So go on then. Why, why, why is it going to be such a big season for Gabby? 
Well, I think, um, and this is no respect to Jay, no disrespect to Jesus. Excuse me. I uh, like the player a lot, but I think that with these new incomings coming in, you look at our starting eleven, and you say, "Where can we improve?" And I think center forward has to be on almost everybody's top three list. He doesn't score enough. He's not as he's not the best finisher. We all know that. We've watched him squander a lot of chances, especially when we were struggling in the second half of last season. I think I think that if he doesn't do markedly better, that's going to be one of the first positions we look at upgrading in the summer. I think he's brought in a new dimension to the team. His pressing, basically everything other than goal scoring is really good from Jesus. He can drop into midfield and combine. He does really well bringing the wingers into play. But his goal scoring is pretty poor for a center forward. So let me ask you this then. What if we score 94 goals? We win the title with 94 points. And Jesus gets 12 goals. And you've got Saka on one side who got 31. You've got Martinelli on the other side who got 26. Havertz and Odegaard chipped in with X amount of goals. What then? How many assists does Jesus have? Let's say nine. I think if that's the case, that should be the absolute first position we're looking to upgrade. We're looking at upgrading on Ramsdale already with David Raya. When he's not really done anything wrong, he could just be better. And we're looking at a marginal upgrade, no disrespect to Raya, to replace him. I think Jesus would be the number... Now, obviously, this this depends on how well guys like... I mean, I'm sure Rice is here to stay, 105 million. But, you know, depending on how well guys like Havertz and stuff do. But, I mean, Jesus right now has to be like under the under the uh, microscope, right? As far as how that's going. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people want to see us spend big on a striker next summer, right? And and I think most people, if you polled them, I reckon you would get 80% of people saying that they think that next season's big signing of the summer will be a center forward. Yeah, and it's really interesting too, right? Because if you ask the same people, who would you buy? I mean, the market is dry, mate. And I think yeah. that's that's lending itself to Jesus more than anything else. Because we can't just go get a better striker unless we want to drop $150 million on o- o- Osimhen? O- Osimhen? Yeah. yeah. Um, what, did, what, did I, what did I say to you and what have I been saying the whole way along since we signed Jesus? It reminded me a bit of the Giroud signing in that he was going yeah. to be a really good player, but every summer we were going to be looking to upgrade. Yep. And I, I think that's kind of already the case. He he is filling a necessary void right now. The, no complaints. But it's definitely the position when you're just eyeing specific positions that we could upgrade easier than anybody else if we could get a better center forward. That's a good one. So the first one I'm going to throw out there is Fabio Vieira. Okay. 
I think it's going to be a huge season for Vieira. I think for a couple of reasons. I think first off, he needs to nail down a position because he's never going to take Odegaard's spot. He's never going to take Saka's spot. So I think if he wants to be a full-time player, that left eight is probably the only bit that's open to him. And I don't think he can do that. So I think what he then needs to become is Trossard. I think that's what he needs to be. He needs to be Trossard. He needs to be the first man in on the right-hand side where Trossard is on the left-hand side. I think he needs to be the man that comes in when Saka is out, as well as the man that comes in when Erdegaard is out. And I think we haven't seen anything like enough from him to suggest that he could do that. He's got good end product. He's finishing, he's good, but he drifts in and out of games too often. And his chances next year are going to be every bit as spotty as they were this year, right? He's not going to get big long runs of games. So he's really going to have to take the game by the scruff of the neck when he gets his chance. Less, really, because now he's competing with... Well, and I'll go ahead and talk about it. Emile Smith-Rowe is my number two. Yeah. Um, this one's hard for me. He's might be my favorite current Arsenal player, um, but this is a massive season for him. I'd hate to see him go, but if he doesn't step up, and that even includes, you know, bouts of fitness, to be fair. Um, I think he's going to be left behind. Um, it's 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 shocking to think that he was the guy that was brought in when we turned the form around, you know, Chelsea on Boxing Day, 3-0. Um, but he's kind of been forgotten about. I think this is an absolutely massive season for him, but I think he can absolutely nail down that spot. And this may be my bias showing, but he'd be my left eight over Havertz. But Well, he's played well in preseason. He's shown out well. He showed well when he came on against United. I thought that when he came on against Barcelona, he was the best player on the pitch for a little while before Trossard took back over again. Um, but I thought he was excellent. He was driving at people. He He's a different player to Havertz, right? Havertz is, Havertz is more comfortable with his back to the opposition goal than, than Smith-Rowe. Smith-Rowe likes to be the one driving forward. Yep. Um, I think both of them have got goals in them. I think Havertz is better without the ball than Smith-Rowe. And I don't think that's particularly close. I think Havertz is a lot better without the ball than Smith-Rowe. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that's where, with this new shape that we're doing we're kind of you mentioned herbert chapman earlier on we're kind of bringing the wm back right like that's yep. kind of what we're doing and yep. i think with the roles as they are that off the ball work is very very important and this goes for fabio vieira too they both need to be a lot better at the off the ball stuff than they've been because how this is how we are going to get hugely caught out this season right if it's going to happen when disaster strikes, it's going to be this. It's going to be the press either doesn't work or it isn't coherent enough. The opposition centre-backs or defensive midfielders or full-backs have got too much time to pick out a pass over the top, which is going to expose us because we are going two-on-two at the back. That is why it's so important that Vieira and ESR both improve their off-the-ball skills if they are going to be parts of this team. Yeah, I and I couldn't agree more. Um, I did think Smith Rowe looked a little more promising in that in the last friendly, uh, or was it United? No, uh, Barcelona. The last probably yeah, the Barcelona. Last one, okay, I thought he was very good against Barcelona. I did too. Yeah, I think there is a little bit of a secret weapon being lined up with Havertz. Uh, Havertz, excuse me, making 
uh, far post runs to soccer. Back post I'm telling you, it's a thing. Back post Yep. I think it will be a thing. Yeah. And I think that, you know, but I mean, Smith Rose looking big. He's looking uh, thick. Um, so, you know, it'll, it'll just be one to watch. Um, and it's great that we have that many options there, you know, so. My third one is uh, no surprise based on the... Yeah, yeah, you're jumping ahead. I ain't even given you my second one yet. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you, you beat me 2-1. Um, so my second one, and this one is this one is as much to do with injury as anything else. Um, and it's Takahiro Tomiyasu. Yeah. Uh, he's not shown that he can stay fit for any length of time. He's come in, been excellent, and then been out again. Yeah. Jurian Timber's been brought in on that right-hand side, Ben White is already established there. Zinchenko is obviously established as the left-back with Jurian Timber looking like he's probably going to be the deputy to both full-back spots. I think this is a huge, huge season for Tommy Asu. He's got to get fit. He's got to manage to get a run in the game, a run of games in the team somehow. And he's got to impress. And I think if he doesn't, you're going to see us look to move him on next summer. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with any of that. Um he's been so unavailable you know especially in crunch points of the season for the past uh since we've signed him really i think in jury and timber we have a ready-made replacement uh because i i look at tomiyasu as like um like a plug-and-play defender right uh you can put him in at left back if you're a left back hurt you can put him in at center back if your center back's hurt you know and he's uh, a right back by trade i i guess um but now we have Timber who can do all that same stuff, maybe at a little bit of a higher technical level, maybe a lot higher technical level. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think Tomiyasu's position could be definitely at risk, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if if he's if he's got a, a long-term absence this coming season. He's He's out the door. So go on then, give us your third one. Um, my third one is obviously Aaron Ramsdale. We talked about it earlier this episode. I think Ramsdale's got a ton to prove, but I think he can do it. Um, and he loves it too, right? Like if there's one thing Ramsdale loves, it's having stuff to prove. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just part of his character. Um. I have a couple doubts about Ramsdale, but overall, I, I, I love the player, and I think he can rise to the occasion. Um, Raya, if he comes, I mean, you think he's coming no matter what. Um, if he comes, I think it will create a competitive atmosphere, but like you said, it'll just be one season before one of them wants or has to move on. I yeah, think... and, and like I said in the first half, the bit that really worries me is if Ramsdale thinks that the, the cards are stacked against him from the get-go. Yeah, exactly. It'll it'll probably be more about uh, relationships than it will be about performance because I imagine both goal both goalkeepers will, you know, perform pretty equally. Um but yeah, that the the Kanya loving uh Raya is 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 probably going to uh hurt Ramsdale a little bit but uh but I think he's basically got a massive season ahead of him if he doesn't you know drive through 
um, I definitely think we'll be looking to upgrade on him next year, Raya or no. Well, and we're, we're also talking about it from an Arsenal point of view, but from Ramsdale's point of view, there's also a European Championships next summer. Yep. So, you know, he's got to be looking at that and thinking, I quite fancy that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, honestly, I mean, I, I mean, I'm biased. I'm completely biased, but I'd have him ahead of, of Pickford, to be honest. But, um, you know, I don't know. Like I said, it'll, it'll just be a big season for him. And, and, uh, you know, I hope he does it. I, I hope he steps up a little bit and maintains a little bit better concentration and, and, uh, you know, really nails it. But it'll be, you know, regardless, it'll be a, a, a big test. And I'm sure everyone's wondering why we haven't, you know, said Kai Havertz or whatever, but we decided we weren't going to include the new signings in this because obviously they're new to the club. It's always a big season when you're when you're at your first year at the club. Yeah. So I didn't see any point in that. And I didn't see any point in using the players that we think are going to go. So, you know, we didn't worry about Balogun or Tierney yeah, yeah, or yeah. anyone that we think is on the way out the door. We didn't bother including in this. So my third one is um, actually one that quite surprised me when I wrote it down. And that's Ben White. Um, I thought Ben White had an excellent season last year at right back. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. But Mikel saw fit to go out and buy a £40 million player to basically replace him or at very least challenge him. Um, I don't know that Ben White's going to be happy if his game time drops significantly. And I think this is definitely a, this is definitely a test for him now with Timber coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've seen a lot of both players because uh, I, I watch Ajax pretty regularly. Um, the level of competition obviously makes it hard to nail down, like, you know, who's really better. Um, but, I mean, I love Ben White. He's one of my favorite current players on the Arsenal team. But it is a big season for him. And I think if we see him slipping, don't be surprised to see, you know, Jurian start getting starts in, you know, September, October. Um, but I think the competition can only be good for them, right? I mean. It's certainly good for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, I mean, it's I, certainly good for us. I think they're going to push each other uh, quite a bit. And, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think that's, I think that's exactly, and I think it's how it's supposed to work, right? This is top level sport. This is exactly right. how it's supposed to work. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, look at someone like city, um, you know, they, they have, they have top players everywhere and, and, uh, and, and rotate them and manage them pretty well, considering how and they, they kind of run in spells, right? Like there'll be six weeks where Foden's starting every okay. game and you'll just put him in your FPL team. <laughs> then and then you'll get pepped because he'll throw Mares in for the next couple of games, and that's kind of how it is. And it wouldn't surprise me if we end up doing a little bit of that with some of our players too. It wouldn't surprise me if we if we did that at right and at left back. It wouldn't surprise me even if we get a few months in and Havertz maybe gets a little bit of a break halfway through. You know, you've got you've got Partey and Rice, and I said this before. Right now, I think Partey's a better player than Rice. I, I make no qualms about that. So I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see those two split in time quite a little bit. But in runs, you know what I mean? One of them gets um, four or five games on a spin, and then the other one gets it. I think that makes more sense to do it that way than to pull a player in, take a player out one game at a time. Yeah, FPL's worst enemy, really. 
Pep yeah, Guardiola. Yeah. Well, it's it's called getting pepped for a reason. <laughs> but no, I I think you're right, and I think that's um, that's what Mikel would would like to do. Honestly, um, keep a player in for a, a a really good spell, and then you know shift him out as soon as things get a little uh, a little hairy. And it we actually it it feels like we have that squad for the first time. I mean, yeah, our, it does. It does. It does feel like that for sure. I guess the the biggest question in in all of this is, can that midfield work? Right, like that. That is the biggest question for the season. It's a big season for some individual players, but it is a huge season for can the midfield work? If you look at what we think is going to be Arteta's primary choice, would be Rice at the base. A base of rice. I've just realised what I've done there. Um, so you've got rice at the bottom of the midfield, and then you've got Erdegaard and Havertz in front of them. That would be, I would imagine, if we were playing the Champions League final tomorrow, that would be what Arteta would want to put out there. Can that midfield work? Uh, I think so. I think that midfield can work over time. I think um, Havertz and Rice specifically are going to need a little bit more time. Before it gels, I wouldn't be surprised to see party starting uh, Community Shield, maybe even Nottingham Forest, uh, which is our first game, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be Rice there long term, Havertz there long term. I just wouldn't be surprised if they're eased into it a little bit more, just because, especially the six in our system. I mean, party took a year. To be well, a great six. I, you know, and as well, I, I don't think Arteta is someone that changes his mind very often, but I do wonder if, like, Partey was clearly in the doghouse at the end of last year, right? Yeah. Like, his form dropped off a cliff. He was poor, and and he has runs of these good and bad forms. The, the thing mm-hmm. now is that you can play him, and when his form drops off, you can immediately throw Declan Rice in, whereas before, we had nothing like that you know and eventually rice is going to make that position his own there's no doubt about it he yeah, will make that position because rice is going to be a better player than I, i'm i'm i'll now my i'll now my colors to the master on this right now rice is going to be a much better player than Partey ever was rice is going to be one of the best midfield players in the world Partey is a streaky player that is excellent one week and can be terrible the next week and then he gets injured a lot i think rice is going to far eclipse what thomas Partey is as a player but right now he's not yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I think, um, you know, Rice is going to have the 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 ball-winning capabilities to uh, let us play two more attacking midfielders. Do you know what I mean? He also covers that ground in a way that Partey can't. Yeah. Like, he's, yeah. he's faster than Partey, he's more powerful than Partey, and he, he, yep. he can run forever. So he just he covers more ground. It, there, there is going to be an adaptation time, though, and I, I agree with you. I think it's uh, – I'm glad that we're not selling Partey because I, I, yeah. I think this is – I think it is absolutely vital um, for Rice to see the way Partey plays that role and to maybe incorporate – because I think Rice is perfectly capable of incorporating some of that into his game eventually. Yeah, me too. Me too. And yeah, you're right. I'd I'd absolutely be a little nervous right now if if party was going to Saudi Arabia or whatever because I do think we need uh a, a, maybe a, a a bit of a transition. You know what I mean? Like a, a passing of the torch. And um, I think this is the place to do it as well. I know a lot of people are going to go. Well, why don't we do that with Havertz? I think the answer is that Havertz absolutely needs the minutes. I yeah. don't think Declan Rice needs the minutes. And no. I think that's the thing. Like Havertz needs to get every second he can play in there. I yeah. think Rice is just plug and play. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 I agree. I think with with Rice, it's more about just um, 
uh, more time on the training pitch, knowing exactly what his roles and responsibilities are. With Havertz, he's basically relearning a position, and it's very important to get, you know, that that time on the pitch. Uh, but I think if everybody clicks, it's a very strong midfield. Oh my god! If everyone clicks, this is going to be fire. Absolute yep. fire. If this if this clicks, we are going to be right in the race for the title and right in the race for the Champions League if this clicks. And you know, and the thing is, we need to show a bit of patience because it doesn't have to click immediately. It doesn't yep. have to click in August and September. Um, it's just got to, it's just gotta be functionally enough to get us through to the business end of the season in contention. And if it clicks late on, man, I think if this midfield clicks, you are gonna see fireworks. Yeah, and let's not forget uh Gunner's um we had our best start to a season ever last season um if we don't necessarily hit those heights this season it's it's not the end of the world um i expect us to finish stronger this year than we start we have to we we yeah. cannot capitulate in april again yeah just cuz of the the churn you know and you're seeing churn at all the big 6 so, uh, you know, you, you never know. I mean, City's lost some stalwarts. Gundogan and, um, and Marez are, are huge losses for them, people that have carried them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Liverpool's got a whole new midfield. United is gambling. United and Chelsea are gambling on, on younger players they overpaid for. Yeah. Well, you know, no, it's, I, it's definitely going to be an interesting, interesting season coming up. But I'll tell you what, Judge, let's leave this here for tonight. Um, we're back on Friday. We'll talk a little bit about Monaco um, and then we'll look forward to the community shield at the weekend. And next week we'll really get into the, we'll get into the season preview. So, yeah. all right, mate. Well, thank you for tonight. And um, I will see you again in the next couple of days. All right, mate. Have a good night. Good night. Bye.